Hi, and welcome to the Growing Book Club. 12 books, one year, new you. I am your host, Sarah Herring, and I am so excited to go on this personal growth journey with you. Happy reading, my friends. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to be here for another week. I have Taylor here again. Hey, guys. And... We are going through Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egricks, and I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. There was a lot of information, and I hope that out of that, there were maybe even just one or two things that you were able to take away and apply into the week. And what I really love about this book is it's just continual It's just bits and pieces. That's why I've read this book so many times now. Because every time I read it, I get something new, which is what I love. So briefly, last week, we talked about the energizing cycle and how it will work if you do. Um, This week, we want to talk about the rewarded cycle, uh, which is his love, regardless of her respect, regardless of his love. So it's basically being selfless. And continuing to, I guess you could say, pay it forward to the other. I love this chapter too. Um, And I'm going to have Taylor just read this really quick so that everyone gets an idea of what the rewarded cycle is. But this is really, really, really critical. Um, Here we went through a bunch of steps last week. And I think it's easy sometimes to start applying and wonder, is this actually going to work for me? Should I even take the time to do this? Because maybe you've gone through enough in your marriage. Maybe you've tried something and it hasn't worked. And so putting yourself out there again seems kind of scary. But the the rewarded cycle is really based on unconditional love. All right. So throughout this book, I have emphasized that if the husband and wife are both people of basic goodwill, they can use love and respect principles to make a bad marriage into a good one and a good marriage into a great one. I have stressed the idea that you must trust your spouse. You must be the first to act on these principles and not withhold what your spouse needs most in order to get your spouse to give you what you need most. We've also seen in preceding chapters that not only does God command men to love their wives and women to respect their husbands, but that we must do this unconditionally. But what if your husband doesn't show you love when you show him respect? What if your wife doesn't show you respect as you show her love? If you get no results from practicing love and respect, why bother? The rewarded cycle gives you the answers to these questions. In a real sense, the rewarded cycle is the most important part of this book. Read on and you will see why. And that's the preface to chapter 23. So really the rewarded cycle is based on his love blesses regardless of her respect and her respect blesses regardless of his love. And going into just chapter 23, because that's really the chapter that stands out the most to me, is again, we can start practicing what we read in this book. We are all about self-help books that we are actually going out and applying, not just reading. Um, But I love what it says on page 268, don't give up because it doesn't seem to be working. We don't readily see what is happening in our favor, nor do we see the impact we might be making on our spouse. And I love how he he basically, Emerson has um, an individual that came to him that was trying to apply 
all of this stuff that she had learned through love and respect and it didn't seem to really be working for her but Emerson said I urged her to be patient and let the Holy Spirit convict her husband and over time it did actually start to to play in and he he also says don't doubt the light from God's word in your dark times so just to give you guys an example um Sarah and I, obviously, we don't have the perfect marriage, and we've <laughs> both been on the crazy cycle, um, you know, where I felt disrespected, she felt unloved, and it just kept going and going. Um, we were able to get off of that, though, and we were able to start, um, you know, appreciating each other. So um, I figured out how that Sarah wanted to be loved, she figured out how I wanted to be respected, etc. Um, and, you know, it's a constant thing that we continue to work at. Um, but one little snippet that I want to read on page 270, um, right in the middle, it says the above are just a few examples of what can happen. Don't give up because weeks or months pass with no response. Don't interpret delay as defeat. Don't assume that what you are doing is untruthful. Uh, most often love or respect is working on your spouse more than you realize. Something is transpiring in the soul of that person. Have confidence that God will work and that's exactly what we had to do mm-hmm. is we had to trust in God as we showed each other more love and respect yeah and something I like that he mentions in this chapter too is where is your foundation and I think what I love about this book is it is a Christian based book it is based on on principles of of Christ and something that I, I truly love and what stands out to me about this entire book is on page 279. In the ultimate sense, your marriage has nothing to do with your spouse. It has everything to do with your relationship to Jesus Christ. So ladies, just talking to you for a second, I don't know if any of you relate to this, but I find for me, there's so many times throughout my marriage with Taylor that I have found myself trying to change him and trying to, um, even, even in my prayers sometimes it's been Heavenly Father, like, please change Taylor and try to, you know, make him do this or not do this. And what I started to realize, um, actually even rereading this book and some of the experiences I've gone through over the last couple months is my husband has freedom to make his own decisions and that's not how God works. We don't pray that that God is just going to change him. But what I started to change was was um, really really change the prayers and how um, I asked God to change my heart and to build me up so that I could meet Taylor's needs better and so that I could see um, God in the way or see Taylor in the way that God sees Taylor. All right. So another one that I want to read is on page two seventy seven. Um, like the second paragraph down, but it says, yes, there will be times when you will fail, but Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. Nobody can love perfectly and no one can respect perfectly. However, when we do this as unto Christ, we may fall, but we can get up. The difference between successful couples and unsuccessful couples, <sighs> Ooh, excuse me, is that the successful ones keep getting up and keep dealing with the issues. Unsuccessful couples want it easy. They want it now. They want their needs to be met. They don't want conflict. They just want everything to be happy. This approach is the epitome of immaturity. I really like that. Um, I know Taylor and I have had a lot of conversations about um, happiness. And 
while I personally see that happiness is important, I agree with Emerson here that happiness is not the most important thing to a marriage. What's truly and and I think even as as a Christian, I think the most one of the most important thing is living out our values and doing the right thing. And so there's times that I might be happier because I made a certain comment to Taylor and got out what I wanted to say, but ultimately that's not honoring Heavenly Father. Ultimately, that's not going to bring me closer to Christ. And um, I I truly believe that if we make decisions based on is this going to make me happy then our marriage is going to be a, a fun place. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Taylor. but Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, always continuing to put yourself in the other shoes and understanding that they have needs, they have feelings. Um, you know, everyone's got their own perspective. Um, and a lot of that perspective is based on your upbringing. It's based on your experiences in your life. Um, and so it's having grace for each other, just knowing that, um, you know, there's always a reason behind why someone says or reacts or interprets what is happening or what you say or what's done. And so it's just always having grace for the other, realizing that there's probably a reason behind that. And it's not just set out of spite, but yet it's set out of, um, you know, their background or their past or their history. Or endless cycles of the crazy cycle. (laughs) That's what I love too is that, you know, when we go back and forth on the crazy energizing cycle, that's when it actually gets a little exhausting, I think. But when we can truly come to a place on the rewarded cycle where it's unconditional. And that's, that's truly what this is getting at is unconditional based love where it's not having these high expectations of, if my spouse doesn't do this, then, you know, this is going to happen. I love how on page 294, he talks about a letter that he got from um, an individual who said, uh, basically just kind of changing her approach to her marriage. I began to do other things. I changed my attitude. I changed my tone of voice and my facial expressions. I even changed my prayers from bless me and change him to change me and bless him. Due to my new understanding, I had a passion for my husband that was not there before. So I began to see him differently. I have begun to see fruits from these changes already. And what I love about that too is that when we truly pray to our Heavenly Father and ask him to see how what he sees in our spouse, we actually can grow so much closer together. One other thing we want to share, and we're actually going to keep this podcast shorter tonight. We kind of have crazy week ahead of us and so we figured this is also a great opportunity for you to go and and read the book because really you're going to get your own experience out of this but his conclusion is pink and blue can make gods purple and if we're going back to the very beginning of this book women see and hear in pink and men see and hear in blue and when we combine those colors right we get purple and well technically it's red and blue but I like pink (laughs) but I think that that's ultimately what I love about this is it just constantly goes back to to our heavenly father to Christ on page 100 excuse me on page 300 he says remember Jesus said apart from me you can do nothing and on page 301 there's this story that I think is really 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 important Um, we are both too committed to Christ to divorce we have several strikes against us 
My husband is a doctor and I am an RN, so we have a medical marriage, which equals a high divorce rate. We are the parents of a handicapped child, which equals a high divorce rate. We experienced a child's death, which equals a high divorce rate. We are totally committed to Jesus in the marriage, however, we just don't like each other very much. The term one marriage counselor used was the gruesome twosome. Now we are the grandparents of two special needs children, which is even more stressful. All that to say, we have been through many marriage programs, and all these things together were not as helpful as your simple message from Ephesians 5.33, which on a side note is loving and respecting unconditionally. For the first time in our lives, I can talk to him. We are trying to love and like each other for the rest of the years we have together. We're back on track to love and respect one another again. And I think to add to what Sarah is saying about God seeing in purple is, you know, he understands both sides of the story. He understands our backgrounds. He understands our weaknesses, um, our strengths. Like, he understands it all. And so I think by being able to see purple, like, it it would be a miracle for all of us to see that mm-hmm. first. Um, but I think it's just something that we all need to strive to work on is men using, you know, your talents and abilities to start seeing in pink and hearing in pink and and women to start seeing in blue and hearing in blue just so that you can make sure that you're watching out for each other because really at the end of the day that's the most important thing is that you've got each other's backs and the best way to do that is to help uh, yourself understand your spouse better Mm, i love that taylor and i think going on with that too is um marriage is a lifetime uh taylor and i look at that um a little bit differently actually and see marriage um as an eternal blessing but it's going to take work. And I think something that I've recognized over the last little while, especially is Taylor and I both grew up very different backgrounds. We both have had very different experiences in our lives. And so when we, you know, when we came together, when we got married, um, you know, I've said, you know, that first year of marriage for us was, was very, um, pretty easy because I think we were still just in that, that, um, you know, lovers honeymoon phase. And then we started to learn about each other and recognize that each of us communicated differently, that each of us had different things that, um, that motivated us and, and some things that bothered us. It was kind of funny. We were watching a movie last night and someone, it was, it was a kind of a marriage movie and someone had squeezed the tooth toothpaste wrong and Taylor and I just kind of giggled because we're like this is so us and like our relationship and it's just taken time and so I think that's the beauty and the joy that I'm personally so grateful for um with marriage is that I get to go through life with my best friend through ups and downs and while I look at our last five years together there have not always been the easiest of days but the good has outweighed the bad or in the heart, I should say, really, because I think there's been so many things that have allowed us to draw closer together and ultimately draw closer to our Heavenly Father. And it's something that obviously, you know, it's a continual process. You have to continue working on it. Um, but as you work on it, just like how the book had said, you may not see the progress, but it's building inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just want to kind of end here because this book has, has meant actually so much to me it's gotten me through a lot of different places in my life of understanding it's kind of been a roadmap for me um outside of um my prayer life with my heavenly father 
But I like what he says here on page 284. No matter how depressing or irritating my spouse might be, my response is my responsibility. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is I can only control me. I cannot control Taylor. I cannot control what he says, what he does. And again, remembering that he really has, I believe, in, in, in from what I've seen, he has the best intentions always. And he wants to do whatever he can to help build our marriage. But I control me. And then he controls him. He, he can't control what I do and say. But ultimately, when we're fighting together on God's side, that's when we can experience the greatest joy. So we just want to thank you guys for joining us. And we actually have a very special surprise for next week. Ooh. So obviously we can't tell you, or we would, but we won't. <laughs> so we'll save it as a surprise. That's why it's a surprise, right? Mm -hmm. So you guys will see that next week. And we're so excited that wraps up the book and we hope you all have an amazing week sure love you all and keep learning to love and respect <laughs>